Hello and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast. This is episode number 88, The Gift of Touch. Touch, question mark, and maybe several oh. question marks after because Steve and I are not excited about this right. podcast, but... It's a touchy subject. <laughs> oh. Not one to call it Touched by an Angel, BT Dubs <laughs> listeners. Okay, but <laughs> let's dive in. Welcome to this podcast. My name is Lori Krieg, and I am the Executive Director of Whole In My Heart Ministries, and we're coming at you from Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I'm alongside licensed therapist, Argyle Expert, and back from... Many, many back-to-back sicknesses, including a back injury. Well, not injury. You're just stressed out and your back got all oh, tight. Like, when did I have a back injury? Okay. <laughs> and wait, am I an expert, an Argyle expert again? Did, I don't know. did Dan Allender say that was okay? Probably not. I okay. should email him. But <laughs> his name, that guy, Argyle expert, back-to-back sicknesses, licensed therapist, his name is Matt. Welcome, Matt, my Hi. husband. <laughs> Hello. Also that. <laughs> We're doing great. And we also have our producer and the most professional radio voice among us, producer Steve. Hello. Hello. And today we're talking about touch. Steve and I are definitely cringing mm-hmm. because, oh boy, we don't really like touch that much. Touch that much. <laughs> Dr. Seuss, also here. And we'd <laughs> rather just let Matt and our guest handle it. And who is our guest? My friend, Haley Mullins. Hello and welcome, Haley. Hello. Glad to be here with you. We're so excited. And she's in the house. She's in person. So we've been doing... Live and in the flesh. Yes. In the... Touchy flesh. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to read a little bit about her. She is the managing editor at Revive Our Hearts, a broadcasting, publishing, and events ministry for women. You guys might have heard of Nancy DeMoss Wolgamuth, who uh, is a part of that. But Haley, in her role, she gets to literally be the grammar police, which is very helpful when you're friends with Lori Krieg and I can send you things and you fix them and make them not terrible. And she gets to coach and manage a team of bloggers and write, write, write about Jesus, which is amazing. She's originally from the Detroit area, but now lives near South Bend, Indiana. And her passion is to foster honest, grace-filled community in the church. What up? Welcome here. And she lives with a family of 10 currently. That would be a whole other podcast. We're going to be hitting that up soon on community living who have adopted her with air quotes around it. But I don't it's not going to be literal anytime soon. No, no. I have a family. Okay. (laughs) I have a bio family. Okay, good. So you are not going to be adopted. But she loves being a big sister and auntie to their kids and a few other families in her church. And she spends her free time reading stacks of books. This is true. And Wandering in the Woods, also true. We've had many a conversation with you in Wandering Woods and having conversations over coffee and laughing at anything that strikes her as funny, which that may be us in this room sometimes a little off color. Okay, (laughs) but we're going to be discussing touch together, which can be, like I said, a touchy conversation and all of us have different experiences with it. So this is going to be a little bit of a different sort of, this isn't going to be directly interview of Haley. So we're going to be talking about just our, our issues with touch and how, um, Really, how can God break through that? And guys, the reason I wanted to open this up is Haley and I have actually had many conversations about this, and you have felt perhaps more need for touch, and I'm always cringing as we're talking about (laughs) this. And it may just be my season of life with small children who are constantly touching me, but I know that there's more to it because you've asked me deep questions and then I realize it. So instead of me actually work on my own heart... (laughs) On my own, or with Haley, I figured, let's record it, and we'll all talk about it together. But before we do, let's jump to that question of the week from 
last week, which was, what is your favorite smell and why? Haley, what's your favorite smell and why? Okay, so this is going to sound like really corny, and I tried to think of some other answer because I didn't want to give this answer, but um, really the smell of freshly baked communion bread and Mm. wine. Um, So just like sitting in the congregation with all these people that I've committed myself to, um, and just like that that smell, that fresh smell of this bread that we get from an Amish bakery, and then just that wine, just that reminder that I'm part of the body of Christ and that he has given for me. I love it. And what Haley's talking about, that community with communion is legit. Whenever she talks about her church and just this body of believers, I'm like, wow, you guys are really doing it. Like you're living out the dream of Jesus, not the American dream, but it, it just, it's really precious. And I hope we hear more about it. Matt, listener, who who stood out to you and why? Yeah, the, the listener that really stood out to me was John Wilson. My favorite smell is wet leaves in the fall. It takes me back to so many great cross-country memories. John Wilson. It's good to hear his voice again. He was on the Need to Be Seen episode, if you guys listen to that one. All right, go for it. Why, Matt? And and one of the reasons that really just, like, touched my heart was it reminds me a lot of my favorite smell, which happens to be kind of the the same wetness and cross-country thing. Every year I would go to my grandparents' house in the Lake of the Ozarks, and just the smell of the lake... But then not just that. My favorite thing was the smell of gasoline. Oh, yeah. Like, I like filling, it filling the boat with gasoline and smelling the lake water and all that kind of stuff. Mm. It just, I mean, goodness, it takes me back. I, I love that smell. Huh. Mm. I didn't know that. Mm. Steve. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we had a response on Instagram from His Love Is My Song. Yep. And she said, tobacco smoke because of my late grandpa. Oh. And so I used to be a smoker. And what? Yeah, you didn't know that? No. Quit like, like 13 years ago. Wow, good for you. Um, I hear it's hard. It is hard. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, before, when I was trying to quit, a friend of mine who had also quit a long time ago said, you know, the time will come when you'll smell cigarette smoke and you'll get like peeved, like you'll get angry. Mm. Repulsed so by That it. time hasn't come yet. Oh. I still kind of walk through somebody's... Uh, smoke and I'm like, oh yeah. Uh, but I used to go to, I used to be really a big comic book collector hmm. and there was this shop that I used to go into where the guy I think must have smoked cigars and the the combination of that stale cigar and like the ink, the ink like hmm. the print ink on the, on the books, the comic books and the magazines, like it was just such a cool smell and I, and I was equated it with the anticipation of I've got new issues to buy Aww. you know I've got I got something to look forward to I've got some comic books to read that's so great. that's yeah there's nothing is comic book paper different than like book book I think it's mm-hmm. more pulpy more pulpy yeah and there's oh, there's more ink on it so yeah. you have more of the ink smell rather than the paper smell right what Okay, well, that'll be our next episode. should do a smell test sometime. The gift of smell, question mark? Okay, that's next episode, guys. Please follow us. Okay, Um, I liked this response. My favorite smell is my mom's recipe for homemade spaghetti sauce simmering on the stove mixed with her fresh challah bread baking in the oven. It was my favorite meal growing up and what I always requested to have for dinner on my birthday. Also, the smell of my husband and baby. Hugging them is one of my life's greatest physical comforts. And that was from my friend Anne on Facebook. And so I like that because the challah bread, because I just wanted to say challah. 
Just kidding. <laughs> bread just smells so good. And then also just, I, this is why I do this podcast is so I talk about areas that I'm weak and I can grow in them. But her just talking about how like snuggling her baby and snuggling her husband, that smell of them is just really soul satisfying to her. And Matt's looking at me right now and he's like, please, honey, one day. <laughs> no, but I do like, I appreciate that. Like, I love that I'm learning to appreciate both touch and I think smell and just like, cause God has made us holistic. And like, I do mm-hmm. find comfort in Matt and in these babies and I'm, I'm thankful for that, but it's, it's definitely a learning curve for me. So I chose hers because I do love the smell of bread. Also what she said about touch. I also really like, I feel like she recorded that like out on her back yeah, at how night. How about that? Yeah. Like, with like the, the, the crickets. Yeah. Like, it's like, I want to be where she like, is. There's night sounds. So, so maybe we should talk about, you know, the gift of sound. Yes. Sometime. All right. Fine. We got our next ones All planned. Right. Also <laughs> listeners, that's challenge to you. When we pick you on the Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, just try and get some sweet background noise and <laughs> we'll more likely pick you, but we won't know that until you're chosen so anyway challenge for you but actually my favorite smell uh i do love what she said is actually um apple potpourri i shared a room in a bathroom with my sister in around third grade and that sister's Susie. so she's number six of 12 and i'm number nine she's like my mama she just taught me a lot and um, for some reason, even though we'd like fight in that room and she'd throw all my clothes on my bed so I couldn't sleep. And But our bathroom had this really cheap apple potpourri. But for some reason, every time I smell it, like that apple smell, I just think of those times. And it was really sweet with my sister. Okay. Thanks, guys, for sharing. And again, if you want to share some things with us. Uh, you can do a voice memo. I didn't know how to do a voice memo <laughs> until recently. If you have an iPhone, just ask Siri. Find the voice memo. That's what I had to do. She found it. Wow, we are so lazy. This is really sad. But she found it. And then you record it and send it to us at podcast at himhministries.com. Okay, Haley, before we dive into our conversation about touch, we want to ask you the question that we ask every guest, which is a series of two questions. If the gospel is, I'm more loved than I can imagine and more sinful than I believe, how is the gospel first good news for you and how is it still? Yeah, um, I was thinking about this on the drive up, actually, and I th- I think something that's just really key is I grew up in the church. You know, I had parents who are Believers, they came to know Christ when I was very small and they raised me in the faith. Um, but for some reason, the gospel didn't get from my from my head to my heart. Hmm. Um, so all growing up, you know, as that kid that would lay in bed, like, you know, if Jesus comes back, you know, am I am I going to be saved? Am I going to be OK? Hmm. Um, and just all of these doubts and fears growing up. And then when I got into college, um, started getting into just pornography and getting into um, just just a lot of things that I'm not proud of, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and dealt with a lot of anxiety and depression. Like there was hardly a day that went by where I didn't think about killing myself and mm-hmm. just felt like being honest about my sin and being honest about where I was at emotionally and everything, that that would be the death of me, um, that accepting grace meant being honest. And I wasn't willing to do that. And God just kept chasing me, you know, like he does. He's just, he's just this gentle shepherd that chases after his sheep. So, um, yeah, had kind friends that would speak truth to me. I had, you know, sat under good preaching and I was hearing the truth spoken, but it just wasn't penetrating my heart. Um, 
then I graduated from college, went and worked at a summer camp and heard the gospel explained in a way that I'd never heard before, um, that it was a gift of Christ's righteousness to me, that it wasn't something that I had to work for. Because all that time I thought I had to work for this and, you know, God has, God will accept me if I, if I do the right things and um, believe the right things. And that's not true. The truth mm-hmm. is, is that Jesus chases after his own and he saves us by his grace. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I remember sitting under a tree at that camp, just, um, yeah, just broken and saying, Jesus, here's my mess. Take it. I can't handle this anymore. And it's been a long process since then, you know, as the Christian life is. But um, yeah, that moment, I kind of see that as my turning point when I see Christ really entering into my life and making a difference. So, mm. so yeah, um, I would say as far as like the everyday, that's, you know, every day I have to wake up and say, Jesus, help me. You yeah. know, um, it's not, this isn't a life that we can live by our own willpower. So, mm. you know, and, and God has been kind in just letting me walk through some hard things. Um which has just expanded my, my need for grace, my ability to accept grace too. So um, I also walk with same sex attraction like Lori does. Mm -hmm. So um, that's a daily struggle. And that's something that I always have to cry out to Jesus for, you know, to be able to walk faithfully with him in the midst of that. So um, it's a thorn in my flesh that I've asked him to remove and he hasn't. So, (laughs) but he's proved faithful in the midst of it. And I'm really Mm -hmm. grateful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing Haley. Okay. Well, and again, I just want to like dive more into your story, but I'm guessing it will come up in this conversation. So thanks for sharing that. And, um, guys touch. So a couple weeks ago I was talking to Matt just cause I kept, I was so frustrated with these little kids, like constantly pulling on me. And, you know, we've been very vulnerable on this podcast, just how sexual physical touch in our marriage has been a big challenge, but we're more talking today. We can talk about that if you want to, but more just about platonic or non-sexual physical touch. But I said to Matt a few weeks ago, I said, if I could live in a touch-free world, I would do it. Mm. And um, like, I get so, I, and I think that day I was super overwhelmed, like just constant, like kids. And then um, like just the obligatory hugs, like I just, it feels so strangulating and, Matt was saying like, well, what do you feel inside when someone is like touching you or wants to hug you? And he's like, is it fear? Is it what's going on? Um, and I think it's kind of a feeling of, of trapped. And so I'm going to answer the first question, which is how do you view touch? Is it good? Is it bad or indifferent? And so I kind of just shared with y'all, I'm like, man, if I could live in a touch-free world, which I know because I did some research for this very podcast that you can't, like you'll <laughs> basically die because you need it. You Like just a simple touch on the arm. I'm touching Haley on the arm. Like that releases endorphins and oxytocin and it can improve test scores, et cetera. Um, but I view it as uh, a necessary evil, like annoyance. (laughs) So I'm, but I'm growing in it. And I feel like even the conversation since that one, I've, I've grown in appreciation for it. Uh, Haley, how do you view touch good, bad, and different? Can I give a nuanced answer? Please. Um, So I love touch from people that know me, that care about me, um, people that I have a relationship with. Um, I love touch in moments where, you know, people are maybe suffering and can put your hand out and comfort or or receive comfort. Um, I really am not a huge fan of touch from people that have not taken the time to get to know me, though. Yeah. um, Because that feels like um, invasive and kind of like hypocritical. 
Um, so as much as I love touch, you know, I'm I'm kind of more on the cuddly side. Um, if it's not if it's not based in a relationship, I find that to be um, uncomfortable at times. Mm. Matt, mm-hmm. well, and I, I mean, I I agree with that because I think that the the issue with touch isn't touch itself; it's the message that touch sends. Like I I've had times in my life, such as sometimes with our very very adorable little kids, where they're hanging all over me. I'm just like, leave me alone, please. For the love, try and try and like not touch me for for two minutes. But then there's also times where, for for me, it's it's extremely meaningful and extremely affirming if someone is to to touch me and in a way where I, I think of like having like my brother, like when we see each other, like the first thing we do before we start playing some random made up game is like give each other a hug, and it's just the that hug is like mm-hmm. filled with with so many words that are just kind of unexpressed. And so for, for me, touch is overwhelmingly positive, although not universally. Mm-hmm. How about you, Steve? Uh, boy, it's, it's hard to give a kind of overall thought about touch. I, I'm a big handshaking guy, mm-hmm. fist bumping. Yeah. Um, but I think that there have been situations I've been in where it's been unsolicited, um, just a, a coworker coming in, just like giving me a back massage, and I'm like, "What do you want? What do Yikes. you want?" Yikes! Um, yeah, no. But then, also, I, I think because of the way I see myself, a lot of the time, I will hold back. I will hold back, and I will be afraid of what people think of me, and. Mm-hmm. Um, to pursue like a hug? Yeah. Okay. So right, you, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like even, mm-hmm. so I came across this thing uh, that uh, Keanu Reeves does when fans are coming and getting a picture with him. Um, he'll put his arm around, but not actually make contact. So in the oh. photo, it looks like he's got his arm around the person. It's genius. And I actually read that and I was like, hey, I do that. <laughs> Wow. So, yeah. So sometimes I'll, I'll just do that, you know, and it's because I... I don't know if it's the same reason for Keanu Reeves. He probably just is avoiding lawsuits, potentially. Yeah, whatever. yeah. And, but I'm just like, I don't want this person to think mm-hmm. that I'm a person who hangs on people. Yeah. And, you know, uh, so that's because I see myself as dangerous. Yep. Mm. So I don't want to be perceived that way. So I go overboard the other direction. Mm. Okay. So it's, it's, a, it's a measure of self-protection. I guess so, yeah. In doing that. Yep. And I, and, you know, and feel free, you guys can say as much or as little as you want in answer to this next question, but how has the fall marred touch for you? And I can start. And I know, Haley, you've asked me some good questions about this. You're like, so is that just, Lori, that you don't want to, you know, I have to tell myself at times, hug your adorable child, (laughs) like sit down, like it's, it feels mechanical. And so I can... I'll be honest with you guys. I battle shame in this area a lot because it is, I'm like, well, why am I not naturally nurturing? And why am I not like wanting to be all cuddly? Like I read forums of people like, I just want more touch. And I'm like, I don't understand any of this. And so you've asked me how much of that is nature and how much of that is nurture. And I don't know, but I do know, I'm sure like sexual assault that has happened to me definitely affects that. Cause I've even seen videos of myself, younger Lori. And I was like hanging all over my sisters and stuff, which sisters, you know, that's Matt, you're mentioning your brother. That's kind of like a different, safer space for me. Um, and it isn't siblings aren't always safe for people, mm-hmm. 
but I, I'm sure assault played a role in that because like you, Steve, like it's like, I'm, I get scared cause I know that people can cross boundaries cause they've crossed boundaries with me. And so I get scared of myself, but I also get scared of them. And even what you were saying, Steve, the like, what do you want that auto? That's mm-hmm. like how I feel. And then I get like in like super, like right now you, my back is tight and my <laughs> arms are strong, like back it off. Like I get really protective. And so, um, that's, that's how it's marred it. But even like the obligatory, oh, I just saw you see you. Now I have to hug you. And I don't like that because it doesn't feel like I have a choice, Mm. which that is huge. When you've been traumatized, I've learned this from Matt, is if you don't feel like you can choose, then you, you get, Mm. sends you right back to that traumatized place when you couldn't choose. The fall, how'd that affect, have you been affected, Haley? Oh, for sure. (laughs) Um, and I, I would just say, like, kind of piggybacking onto yours, like, you know, touch is a gift to give and receive. It's not something that we should be demanding or taking from people. So um, that that's definitely a struggle for me. You know, I have this um, temptation to tr- try and use touch to, like, manipulate or hmm. um, even, you know, having been in some situations where touch was manipulative, you know. Um, what do you mean by that, that you'll use it to manipulate? Um, like, kind of like... Uh, you know, you touch someone to get them to like you better, or you'll touch someone to make them feel closer to you and um, Steve, want to get isn't things that in out your head? You. Aren't you like, what? Like in your head, like in my head, I'm like, I would not do that. Like, to, no. Right? Isn't that sound like a foreign language? Yes. Oh, does that resonate with you, Matt? Yeah. What? Jesus well, and, and I think, I think more, okay. So when I think of like, Growing up, okay. one of the things as, as a teenage boy who was interested in girls, I was always like noticing if a girl touched me, even like, if so it was like, arm, even if it was like yeah. the, the playful slap in the arm, that's yeah. what everyone was like, the signal of, oh, there might be interest here, you know? And, and so yes, touch breaking a, a, a to, to break a physical barrier mm-hmm. to go from apart and separate to, to something where, where there is physical contact, it, it does in, in a positive light when taken mm-hmm. in a positive light tends to speak to, to intimacy, to, to a level of connection that is not there. If you're just sitting across the room from one another and never, and never, you mm. know, touch. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously if that's taken in a, you know, in a coercive way, mm-hmm. the the opposite can happen because it's not a touch that, as you were saying, Haley, is, is freely given. It's something that was, you know, coerced mm-hmm. or, or just stolen. Mm-hmm. All right, Haley, I jumped in on you just to explain that because I'm like, what is she saying? It's a different <laughs> language. Uh, but how else has the fall marred touch for you? Yeah, I would say that t- touch tends to be um, something that I would tend towards idolatry with. Mm-hmm. Um which I know is different than your experience, but just like um, it can be something that I, my heart wants to demand. My heart Mm. wants to pursue rather than Jesus and the goodness of God in people. So yeah, I can crave that a lot more than I should. Um, Mm. So in those moments, you know, just I'll turn to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, I have this need in me, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, but um, can you meet this need in a way that's appropriate and good rather than me um, going after that in a way that's, not okay. And you're, to be clear for listeners, she's not talking about going to cross boundaries with someone and just try and get this need met. She's just saying you can manipulate even subtle touch mm-hmm. to try and get 
out of it whatever the the manipulation that you're talking about so that you can try and fill this soul yes need, exactly this hole in your heart if you will <laughs> but you're not like she's not talking about predatory things no, no, at no, all no. she's just talking about even you could probably do like what would be a, a touch that's safe to maybe even the person who you're with like but you're in your heart you're making it more than what it is exactly um so like you know i may see someone and then i go and i give them a hug mm -hmm. you know because i want the hug not oh, because okay. i'm going to to give of myself and give the hug to the person it's your it's a heart it looks the same on the outside yep. but it's subtly different mm -hmm. thank you for explaining that mm -hmm. yeah yeah well and and that hug dynamic is is definitely something that has been felt um, and how the fall affected me. A mm -hmm. um, couple ways, because I'm more like you, I, I tend to, to look at touch and, and look at it as something that's like, yes, going to meet a need in me. Um, but there's also been times that it's been taken from me. And mm -hmm. so I don't know the connection here, but when I was born super early, I was a preemie, like two months, and I was in one of those incubator things. So I didn't receive touch at least not a lot of it, you know, for the first couple months of my life. So I don't know how that affected me, but I can't imagine with all the research that's been done about how important touch is for, for infants that, that it didn't affect me. So I think in some ways I crave it, but, mm. and, and I want to say this delicately because I, I, I love my mom to death. Um, and she passed away last year, but, but especially when I was in my like college about to go to college age, um, and it was it was me kind of leaving the nest. Their touch and, and hugs specifically with her became something that was that that felt like I could I actually felt like it wasn't like her just expressing a love for me. It was like this clinging mm. to me. And and Lori, mm -hmm. you said earlier, sometimes that physical touch feels like trapped. Mm -hmm. And and honestly, that's that's what I felt. And so there for a long time I was very aversive of hugs to my mom because it didn't feel like, oh, I love you so much, my son. It was like, a, you're leaving and I need to hang on to you. And it, it was just this, there was a visceral reaction to it in, mm -hmm. in my life. And I love my mom to death and I'm super excited to give a hug to her when we're in heaven and it will be the purest, most amazing hug ever. But yeah, for, for me, that was a, a big like instance where I was just not, it, something was off. Mm. Steve, how about you? How's the how's touch been yeah. marred? I think just what you said about shame, um, I feel that a lot. And I think the prospect of a platonic hug, I I don't trust my motives or I don't I just feel like somehow things get associated uh, in a in a in a negative or inappropriate place in my head and so I just can't like go there. Um, and yet I know that I, I do crave physical touch. I mean, like, even if I imagine being embraced by Jesus, yeah. like, um, so I, so there's no possibility of it being marred by the fall. You know I mean? That's, yeah. I guess in my mind, kind of like the ultimate pure form of physical touch, I uh, get choked up. I mean, I long for that. Yeah. So, um. So it's definitely there. I feel like I can see how it's marred by sin when I tune into how I long for it in a sin-free mm. way. Yep. So anyway, so I don't know if that answers the question, but just, yeah. you know, the shame holds me back. And yeah. so I guess that is where sin comes into it. Yep. Mm.
So we've been dancing around this whole conversation, uh, this word need, and we did a mini series. Actually, it was a pretty extensive series last season of the podcast on core needs. And so if you guys don't know what we're talking about, feel free to go back and listen there. But basically, core needs are inside that metaphorical hole in our heart for things like purpose and belonging and to be desired. And God put those good needs in us before the fall. Then the fall marred the way. So we'd ideally take those needs directly to the Father and then people and our jobs and everything just supports that God need meeting process. So we have these good core needs inside. But then, Matt, you and I were talking about how what does what's the dialect? We said that if touch is the love language, Mm -hmm. core needs are like the dialect of the language. And so we were asking each other, I was like, Matt, what does, what's the need that is is met or is spoken to your touch need? <laughs> Help me out. Help me unpack this. Yeah. How does touch and core needs relate? Yeah. Well, and I think you're right in saying, okay, if touch is a love language and we have these different, you know, avenues to express love and affection for one another, um, touch is one of the ways that, that can, can express that. And so for me, someone who um, my, my chief, my primary core need that kind of gets depleted that I feel like I need to refill over and over again is, is the, just the need to be desired, to be seen, like just be specifically chosen to, to have like no, you know, no pretense, not having to perform. Like I, I want you here type of thing. And, and for me, touch, touch does that, you know, when, when there, whether it's a hug, it's like a, Hey, welcome. Yeah. Hug. Like your brother. He's like, like, like I like want my brother. To be like I want to spend time with you. And yep. and and it, at times that can happen with my kids. It can mm-hmm. times it can happen, you know, between you and me, Lori, but but that's also a place where where I have a a desire to be desired. Um, you know, there's other times where where touch can can signify something else. And whether it's reinforcing and in bolstering a, a need that we feel or whether it's like actively assaulting and, and kind of breaking this place of need for us, I think is depending is it is the determiner of whether that touch is positive or negative. So likewise in me touch slams against my need for safety mm-hmm. or to be protected when actually it's funny, Steve. So I did the, I do the same thing. When I go to safe place, we talked about that a couple episodes ago with Jesus and I picture being with him. It's funny because I, he's always like arm around me and sometimes kissing the top of my head, which mm-hmm. if some rando did that, or even like a close friend, I'd like punch him. <laughs> but, <laughs> so I'm serious. Jesus though, he's got, he's like, you're saying Steve, he's like totally pure. There's no selfishness in him. And so I, in that safe place, I feel safe and protected, but because I've been kicked there by the world, touch has become the opposite of safe. Mm -hmm. It's kicked, it's punched me right there. So then, and I want to hear from Steve and Haley on this too, but maritally, so if Matt tries to even with safe touch, like just non-sexual physical touch, pat me on the back, I can go to a 11 out of 10 anxiety and fear and like fight or flight mode, even though it's non-sexual, but because he's trying to speak the dialect of touch, he's trying to say, I desire you. Mm -hmm. 
think about to, to speak to where touch has hurt me safety to say, I desire you. It's like they're, they're attacking each other. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even in those weeks, since we've had this conversation, Matt has been adding words to his non-sexual physical touch. And so he'll say, he'll pat me on the back and he's like, by this touch, I'm not kidding, guys. We're so weird. He's saying, this is what this means. This is what this means. He's like, you're safe with me. And it seriously takes my 11 out of 10 to like a two. And Mm -hmm. I almost am like, oh, this is actually good. I get what people are talking about now. (laughs) Or he's, he'll grab my hand. I'm telling you, I see you right now. Instead of him trying to say in his favorite way, I desire Mm -hmm. you, which terrifies me. Mm-hmm. And so I am working on the, how can I do non-sexual physical yeah. touch with him? That's saying, I desire you. Like, I want to be with you. And desire doesn't have to equal sign sex. I think that, that gets mm-hmm. messed up in mm-hmm. our heads. It's, I want to be with you and I choose you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that that, that addition of words is, yes. is really important for us because words is something that is not assaulting to you. Words is something that's I mean, unless I'm saying terrible words, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. words are, are something that's been safe for you. And and so to, you know, to, to come and to, to put my arm around you and kind of give you the side hug and say, hey, I really enjoy being with you and I want you to know that you are safe and I would never steal from you, mm. you know, type of thing is, is something that I, I guess could over time, develop a level of trust with touch with me. Cause I don't need you to develop a trust in touching with everyone, mm-hmm. but I want our relationship to be the relationship speaking through to you as opposed to, you know, the relationship you had with your assailant. Right. Mm-hmm. Which got me thinking today and these weeks is, so if you think about all the love languages and guys we're talking about, is it Gary Chapman? He's the one who wrote five love languages. And so the five love languages are one of them is touch and see now I just want words. to taste. It's not. So <laughs> words it's of affirmation. Matt always remembers them. Matt, please share. Yeah, it's physical okay. touch, words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service, and time spent. So then it got me thinking, okay, if those are the love languages, have you guys met people and maybe you are these people who when they get a gift, they automatically think that you know, they associate it with like, this is cheap or it means nothing. When for me, gifts hasn't been marred. Mm-hmm. It, it tells me I see you. Mm-hmm. So if you give me a really good gift, it's actually meeting some core needs inside of me. So then I actually asked Matt because I knew words were an area of, of it's just an area of weakness for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, when I t- compliment you, we talked about like even on Facebook. Have you guys like done the like the, birthday, the birthday post? All oh, right. And so you'll yeah yeah right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt rolls his eyes real hard at those because they seem cheap. Like words. I'm like pouring my heart out because I'm saying I see you specifically and you're unique. Like I'm trying to hit all the core needs, but you don't read <laughs> yeah, them that no, way. No, to me it seems, and I'm not, I I know that you're not doing this out of self servingness, but. It seems self-serving because it's like, look at me and all the wonderful things I'm saying about my husband. I would much, I would be much more affected and much more able to receive it if it was not on Facebook in a public setting, but instead something that just happened privately one-on-one. And so, yeah, that's like, that's my distrust for words. And I don't know exactly where that distrust comes from. But it just feels like, yeah, it's it's not actually about me. It's nice words to make you look good mm-hmm. type of thing. Mm-hmm. 
How is this resonating with you, Steve and Haley? So you think about these languages and you think about, okay, what are we actually saying? What's the the message we're sending? What need can these languages meet? Mm. Yeah, I think for me, it's actually kind of the opposite of what you said. Um, it meets this need for safety for me. Touch does? It does. Okay. Um, so I was in a family that was very physically affectionate, you know, in a good way. And so be, being a single, living away from my family, like I really miss that love language of touch. Um, so having people in my church family that are like mothers and sisters and brothers to me, um, providing that that love language, it really meets that need of I'm safe, I belong, they want me here. Um, mm-hmm. Especially when someone else initiates and I don't have to ask for it. That's really precious. So guys, on our Facebook podcast page, I actually did a little poll and I asked about, uh, this is the question I asked you guys, is what core need does non-sexual touch primarily meet in you or what do you wish it met in you? And the top one for you guys, you said that touch meets that need to be desired was number one. The second was to be seen and the third was to be safe. And the fourth is to be loved, which love is so general, it's hard to say. And the fifth was nurtured. So mm. desired, seen, safe, and then nurtured is in there. And so it's just interesting that you guys are are resonating, to borrow Matt's <laughs> word that you've been saying a lot. Steve, how about you? Well, yeah, I was in the minority. I did answer that poll. And um, so this isn't like an exhaustive, you know, like comprehensive analysis of what is being met when there's that uh, physical touch. But... I just imagined it. I imagined somebody who doesn't, who isn't related to me and doesn't have to initiating a hug. Yeah. And I think because of the stuff I talked about before, what really resonated was affirmation. Hmm. It was like, you're saying you're not a weirdo creeper perv. Yeah. You know? Um, And it sort of dispels that, Shame. And uh, so it's just happened a few times, you know, but I feel like that affirms me. And the thing that I'm just right now realizing is like I can actually offer that maybe to other people. Like, you know, I could offer affirmation to my to my sons or, you know, to people that I do life with if I could get over my whatever hang ups, you know. I don't know. I'm just thinking about it. Well, and and that actually reminds me of, of some instances that I've had with, with clients. And, and after, after like maybe a series of successes, they're just so excited and they're like, we're, we're walking out of the office and they're like, can I have a hug? And I'm like, absolutely. You can have a hug. Yeah. And, and I, I can also remember times when maybe after a series of failure, some of those same clients might like not ask for a hug. They stand off a little bit more. And I remember times that, that after a series of maybe failures, like as the client is standing further back, the, the kind of healing power that, that came from me looking at them and saying, Hey, you're not a failure. Mm. And, and then extending the hug that they didn't expect to, to be, to be receiving. And, and that, I guess was a healing thing for them because it was something where they were like, no, I don't deserve it. I don't, I, I failed. So I, I shouldn't be hugged. I shouldn't be affirmed. And yet in that failure, it was really important for them to receive affirmation and still be told like, Hey, you're still a, a good person. You're still a valuable loved member of the family of God. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think about our training that we do, Matt, just the journey well, how to walk alongside LGBT people in parentheses that's not really there, how to walk alongside people Mm -hmm. in general. But a big thing is like when someone comes out to you or someone is basically vulnerable, Mm -hmm. and we've talked about shame extensively here and how God, Jesus just like breaks through all of the shame and comes right and grabs our faces with gentleness and in perfect touch and sees through it. And I still love you. And I let's take the sin off of you. Just confess that so I can get closer to you. I long for that closeness with you. But when people come out or share something hard, I always say hug. Don't be a weirdo and just be like, oh, you have same sex attraction. I'm just going to be, I don't want to make you stumble. You're like, just calm down. And also don't be weird and be like touchy. I just told you all my issues with it, but ask because mm-hmm. in, so even after I share that, there's always one or two or 10 people who say, can I hug you? That helps me because then I get a choice. Yeah. Those mm-hmm. of us who've been assaulted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I get to say yes or no. And I'll 99.9% of the time say yes. But then I'm hearing in that, see, I'm hearing what need they're trying to meet in me is the affirmation. Mm-hmm. And I see you. And so even though they're not necessarily doing as Matt and I are doing right now, <laughs> this is what this touch means, <laughs> which I'm making fun of it. But honestly, if you guys in your houses are walking through trauma recovery it is it's mm-hmm. really been helpful for me because otherwise i'm going to interpret it in scary bear language <laughs> i've never said scary bear but there it is <laughs> okay guys uh last question possibly how can we put this gift of touch question mark question mark in its proper place as a way to worship god if everything we do in word or deed as paul said is all for the glory of god you know, Haley, you so vulnerably said you can idolize it and manipulate it to to really grasp, to cling to people inside your soul to fill this need. Steve and I can negate it and I'm fine, whatever. And we can live honestly in shame. Hmm. Like, it's not like we're like, we're better than you because we don't touch. We're wrestling with some self-hatred because we recognize there's some brokenness. But you also could rec- wrestle with some self-hatred. Could you rec- recognize some brokenness? How can we put it in its proper place? Well, to I mean, to jump in and steal one of your favorite authors. There's so many. You know, many. Tim Keller. Oh, yeah. You know, it's almost like he has a very, very small book called The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. And, and I think that, you know, something that you, Haley, and you, Steve, have both talked about is kind of like this, this idea of giving out as opposed to, to using touch to to receive something. Hmm. And, and so if you're, if you're honestly trying and you're honestly looking and trying to connect with the heart of the other person, which hug, you know, shoulder rub, you know, even just like the, the playful kind of shoulder check or whatever, you know, to, to just bump up against someone can speak volumes to them, but it has to be about them as opposed to about you. Yeah. And, and you look at, I mean, you look at the ministry of Jesus and he touched many, many people like his heal. He could have yeah. just used words and be like, yeah. you're healed. Yeah. He could have Go used away. words, but I mean, he's like, you know, putting mud on people's eyes. I mean, and you think of the woman who was, you know, for 12 years bleeding and she mm-hmm. touches the, the hem of his cloak. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, his, the way he healed most often was, was with touch. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I have to imagine because we're created bodily, because even our natural reaction when we fall and scrape our knee is to take our hands and put them over that hmm. wound, mm-hmm. there is something just intrinsic to physical touch 
that when used in a, in a giving way, when used to, to attend to the needs of the other person as opposed to try and take mm-hmm. is, is I, I don't know, it's just more pronounced, more, more mm-hmm. tactile, tangible, mm-hmm. like in that immediate setting, if that makes sense. Wow. Yeah, I've got two quick thoughts. Um, one is the story of the prodigal son. You know, we see the father running out to his, mm-hmm. his son that's been wandering away, spending all of his money, being really stupid. Um, and the father's first reaction is to like hike up his, his Bible skirt, you know, whatever that was called, tunic. <laughs> robes. Um, <laughs> and basically make, embarrass himself, you know, go out, go out of his comfort zone um, to go and embrace and welcome his son. And isn't that just the picture of the father to us? You know, mm-hmm. he runs out and he embraces us. Um, yeah. And then the second thought is from my pastor. Um, when I was walking through a season where I was wrestling with how do I use touch appropriately and in a way that um, that just loves people, you know, and you've got that verse that talks about, you know, greet one another with a with a holy kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, OK, so how do I practice this? If this is a command that I have to touch people and welcome them with touch but it's causing me problems. You know, mm. how do I, how do I deal with this? Cause it would it just barriers start across and it just tapped on your idolatry. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Um, and he said, you know, you just do it. You just practice it. Mm. Um, so finding those ways to, to show that, show the father's love, to show Jesus's love, like mm. Matt was talking about with touch. Um, but in a way that's welcoming, mm. a way that draws people in rather than um, pulls them to yourself because of you but welcomes yep. them in so that they can see Jesus more clearly. Mm-hmm. Wait, so you greet people with a holy kiss now? Well, I, I have some friends that are like sisters to me and mm-hmm. I, I do kiss them, but I kiss my sisters too. So. You kiss them on the cheek? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what holy <laughs> kisses are supposed to be. I don't know what we're going to do in heaven. I mean, no, yeah. I, I think it would make people very uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. would pass that. Yeah. Well, I love that because if you've gone through trauma Again, I'm just like having to like keep my brain from freaking out and anxiety this whole conversation because this is such a weak place for me. But I'm thinking, okay, so if someone was to like if I was to know this is because I love you, Lori, because when you've been perpetrated against there's Mm -hmm. some messed up satanic and I'll say it satanic like lies that drop in that it's like oh, this is really for you and you enjoy this. You know, we've had Dan Allender on here and that's just the junk of like how our bodies respond in good ways is when God wants it to be in the design. But in trauma, our bodies can respond in, in mm-hmm. negative ways. And so you, it, it's like this really, it feels, you feel crazy because your mind is saying, oh, I actually do enjoy this. And so it's, I'm, I'm trying to process as you guys are talking because perpetrators say, this is what you want. Mm-hmm. They groom you to even think mm-hmm. that. And so as you're saying that, I'm like, but that really wasn't all the trauma that I've endured. It wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. It was only about them and a hundred percent about them. And then plus the enemy. And so to even hear this, like I need to, it's like, I keep having to stop my brain from going to freak out mode. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's exactly right. If I was stable, if, if I knew Matt, any of you were like, this is totally just because we love you as people. It's like, I picture God pouring his love into you and then out to me. And then it's like, in my loving you, it's like this worship dance we're doing. Yeah. And I have, I have other friends that aren't as, um, 
open to the whole holy kiss idea. (laughs) Um, So like I've had those conversations with with my friends like it's like, okay, what are the boundaries that you're okay with? Mm -hmm. What are you what are you okay with? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think having that communication is really key because it says I love you and I see you and I want to love you in a way that you can receive it. And it's communicating the the language. So the love language touch, it's saying this is the need I'm hoping to scratch in the hole in your heart. Steve, any thoughts on this, how we can worship God? Well, I mean, you know, it's funny. Last episode, we had this question about when were you 90% sure that yeah. God was telling you to do something and, yeah. you know, did you obey? And um, I don't know, like, I feel like I've never been, I don't think I've ever been prompted by the Holy Spirit to go and offer a hug to somebody, mm-hmm. but I've never asked, you know, I've never oh, been snap. like, Lord, should I, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. So that's just occurring to me right now. Like um, if I feel the Holy Spirit directing my attention to somebody who seems to need affirmation, um, just asking, would that be something that you would use for that for that person? I love how you've already adjusted your language from give someone non-sexual physical touch to I want to affirm them right like I hear that even in your language and I see even in your body language speaking of touch but in your body like oh that I can do right if my communication is holy you know as much as we can have pure motivation but it's to affirm someone I don't know I just I love how that has adjusted even for you in this conversation because it's definitely helped me that I can communicate to a core need through this love language. So maybe it's not the dialect. Maybe it's the need is there. And this is just the avenue touches an avenue to try and meet that need. Hmm. Okay, guys, thank you for talking about touch. Any last words about it? Yeah. And I think coming from, from a husband who can lean toward the idolatrous of, of touch who is married to a wife who is, as you so honestly said, this is a weak spot for you. Yep. Um, you know, one of the, one of the things that just really stands out is the, the first Thessalonians five verse 14 brothers and sisters, I urge you to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid and take tender care of those who are weak. If you've got someone who you are in relationship with, who, who is weak in this area, it's really important for us to to take tender care of them, to not, you know, like in my case, to to not reinforce the assault that was done to you. Yeah. Um, you know, and if the weakness goes maybe toward the other way, where they're over touchy, <laughs> you know, to take tender care and how you might say, okay, remove the the arms from around you, mm-hmm. you know, and and just yeah, it's I, I feel like it's really important that that we are able to to look at the needs of the other person especially those we're closest to and to, mm-hmm. to take care that the way that we touch, the way that we um, physically interact with one another is, is taking care of them. Thanks, Matt. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, thank you for talking about touch and um, Steve, we survived. Yep. <laughs> and yep. Still here. I know. And I think I actually even learned some things mm-hmm. and I really appreciated even Haley, your humility on even naming it as idolatry that actually helped to even remove some shame in me. Cause I think I always feel like the weird one and everyone else is normal. Mm-hmm. And so to even hear like, no, we can extreme on either end. And mm-hmm. there is usually extremes are wrong and there's somewhere in the middle that we can speak to the needs in each other's hearts 
in a healthy, safe way uh, through this language of touch. So guys, if you want to talk to Haley and I don't ask her questions about Holy Kiss or whatever <laughs> in a very pure, motivated way, uh, you, you can hit us up at podcast at HIMHministries.com and we'll connect you to her. Um, and guys, we do that training, Journey Well training. We're happy to come alongside your church or organization to teach you how to walk alongside LGBT people, which again is just how do you walk alongside people, people with just some nuances. Um, and guys, thanks so much for your reviews on iTunes. We really appreciate those. So if you want to give us a little shout out and a five stars, we do love those. Uh, it helps other people find this podcast and, and to share the message. Okay. Question of the week though, guys, for next week, what was your favorite childhood toy? So throw it back to your childhood. We want to hear it. And maybe you, if you still have it, I'm picturing like a xylophone. We want to hear that in the background to try and win the best sounding audio clip from listeners. So we really appreciate those. And we hope you guys like sending them in. All right. But for all of us here at the Hole in My Heart podcast, we're going to give each other a big old group hug. (laughs) And we will see you next week. Jesus as a baby. Mm. No blowouts. <laughs> well, he didn't have diapers. Well, it's not sin to have a blowout. Right. That's what I, but is it affected? Is he, was he affected by the fall? So he didn't sin, but he was affected by the fall. Yeah. So his so body well, still experienced pain. I have, I have sometimes wondered, like, did he get a cold? Like, and did he fart? <laughs> I mean, he was human. So. <laughs> is farting sinful? I don't oh know. Oh, my goodness. We had this smoted. whole debate when I was in college about... Did Adam and Eve poop before the fall? <laughs> like, you know, right. like, and if or is it like not, perfect poop? then d- was there like biology, like DNA? Like, was it all changed after hmm. the fall? Well, here's my thought. Yeah. And this is going to be deep. Oh, man. Oh, dear. I believe they did poop. Yeah. That wasn't deep. But the reasoning being, if you do not poop and all you do, you are just a consumer. You, you like we, our respiration feeds plants respiration. If we are not pooping, we're not providing maybe nutrients for the soil or or whatever as like fertilizer Mm. or other animals. I do not believe pooping is a product of the fall. Maybe it wouldn't stink as much. (laughs) Yeah, perfect. Especially since we probably didn't eat meat and and therefore it, it wouldn't smell the same. Yeah. But you're right. also like thinking in a post-fall mindset where you need death for things to grow. Like, right. There's but, no death but, before the fall. Like but but what, what do you mean about death? Well, you have but cells your... in your body that die, and that's kind of what consists, makes the poop up. But where would the food go? They did eat. Right. So the food yeah. needed to go somewhere. Well, okay, so those plant cells died. Is that death? <gasps> oh. Mm. Or is it is it... They came alive. Not the death of the organism, so there it's not, it's not, I don't know. Well, maybe cellular death is a different kind of death than scripture talks about, because like, that's all talking about breath, breathing, the breath of life and like life blood. And so like cells. Well, and here's the thing. Did Adam and Eve live long enough in the Garden of Eden to poop? Well, like, we don't know. Right. How I mean, long Adam did. Like, we was don't know that, how long it was before the was fall. That fruit so, bite their first meal? I don't know. Okay. Also, <laughs> seriously, did guys, animals, first time. Come on. Did animals live eternally? 
pre-fall? Maybe. I mean, Narnia. (laughs) That didn't actually answer it, but it kind of (laughs) did. Just Christian. Enough said. (laughs) Narnia.